Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. This is the show for women who are tired of feeling tired, the sick of the to-do lists and the constant juggling of balls and spinning of plates, and they are ready to start putting themselves first again. Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. It's your host, Nicola Fulstow. And today I am going to be talking about a topic I know intimately. And that is about confidence. That's right, confidence. It is something that I think I have probably struggled with my entire life. And most people would never believe that because I always appeared outwardly to be so confident but definitely I have really really struggled with that in my life and I think confidence is just so essential you cannot show up for yourself and in your life if you are lacking in confidence well you can actually but it's really really hard because sometimes it's difficult to figure out do you need confidence in order to be seen Or does confidence come from doing all those things regardless? From showing up when you don't feel like it, showing up when you don't know what to do, getting started when you're a complete novice. Does confidence come as a result of those things? And I think it is both. But I think I have learned strategies for working towards confidence because I don't think you just get it one day or lose it another I think it's something that has to be worked on, like everything. You see, my story today really is just so ordinary. Like most of my podcasts, it's everyday stuff. Stuff that we all know, that we all experience on a regular basis. It's really nothing special. And today's story about confidence is, again, nothing really special. Woman has baby and loses confidence. I'm sure I'm not the first and I'm probably never going to be the last. Because that is just a story that we hear over and over again. You might yourself be in that position right now or have been in that position or know friends who are in that position. So it's certainly not a unique story to me. So my intention for today's podcast really is for any of you out there who feel like you are slightly lacking in confidence at the moment or whether you're having a full-blown confidence crisis. I am hoping by the end of the podcast, you're going to have some insights, some strategies to work towards starting to rebuild the confidence that you deserve to show up and be seen in your own life again, because you absolutely deserve that. And the awful thing about having a lack of confidence is that you want to be in the shadows because I think there's an element of shame there. Somehow, when we're in that state and we don't feel very confident, it's because we don't feel like we're enough. But a lack of confidence is something that will 100% continue to hold you back on your life if you don't get a grip on it. So are you struggling from a lack of confidence at the moment, even if it's just a little bit or in a certain area of your life? Like it might just be you might have got a new job and you're having a lack of confidence in that new role, or perhaps you're a new mum and you just don't know what you're doing. If so, welcome to the club. (laughs) 
Um, but either way, I'm really hoping today is going to resonate with some of you out there. And the inspiration for my podcast today comes from a recent talk I was asked to do at a ladies event. And I'm going to give a little shout out now to Rachel Kirkwood from Mama Made Business, who runs, it was like a networking and support group for mums who have their own businesses. Really, really great group. And Rachel had reached out to me not long ago and asked me to come for International Women's Day and share my story with a group of women. And already I was having just major anxiety the minute she asked me. But before I could think about it, I just went back and said, yes, I will absolutely do it. I will be there. So as it was getting nearer and nearer to this talk, I was starting to have a slight panic which then turned into like an overblown meltdown because I just had no idea what to say. I had tried, like I'd really, really tried to figure out this super smart, sassy, amazing, comical, humorous (laughs) talk that would tick every box and inspire a group of women who had children and were in business. But the imposter syndrome kept coming in over and over again. Well, what have you got to say that's going to inspire a group of women who are running businesses and have children when you are a woman who's run a business and has children? It just felt like I was going to be stood talking to people, telling them what they already knew. So I just carried on getting ready that morning, carried on thinking about what I wanted to say. And as I was getting dressed, it just came back to this thought over and over again, which was just turn up and tell the truth. And I pulled up, I parked and still sat in my car having major anxiety and now enormous amounts of self-doubt and just got out the car and walked in. Um, Before I knew it, I was like chatting with loads of lovely ladies at this event, but in the back of my mind knowing I'm going to have to stand up in a minute (laughs) and do a talk. So I just kept saying to myself, just tell the truth. And the minute I started talking, it was almost like a full circle moment because the last time I think I'd got up and spoken to a room full of women was life BC, life before children. And it was when I was a personal stylist and shopper and I had a really lovely little business helping hundreds of women up and down the country, even from other countries. And I used to stand up in front of women and talk about personal style and confidence and how to get confidence through your personal style and how to be more you. And this full circle moment was now happening where I was stood there with none of that to say. It was now just me. Everything else had been stripped away and it had been about a decade since I'd stood in front of people. And let me tell you, a lot happens in a decade, doesn't it? So I will share with you today the story that I shared with that fabulous group of women and the result. 
So, as I say, life 10 years ago when I last stood in front of an audience was pretty different than it was now. At the time, I was a personal stylist and shopper, as I've said, and I'd worked very, very hard to build up a clientele and, you know, was really very experienced and good at my job. I was great at helping women who were feeling lost and uncertain and unsure about how to utilize clothes and use their wardrobe and get the most out of the wardrobe and feel great about themselves. I was good at that. I was really good at that. But in those moments, I didn't have to reveal really anything about myself. But I didn't realize that back then. Because back then, my life was fairly lovely. Before I had children, life was all about me. I decided when I got up, I decided how I spent my day. And because I was self-employed, it was great. You know, I'd often get up and go for a run. I'd come back, I'd meditate. And then I'd go on and do a wardrobe consultation or meet someone for a personal shop. And my day was then spent the rest of the day with Simon. Perhaps we'd go to the gym together or play squash. Maybe we'd go out for a meal. It was just so in the flow and lovely and organized and under control. We had good earnings between us. We traveled a lot and we just lived a very nice life. So oftentimes in the afternoons, I might be working from my home office and I would be upstairs and the window would be open in the summer. And outside, I could hear our next door neighbor. It's a lovely woman and she had this little boy. And he was maybe, maybe just two. And I used to hear them have this wonderful afternoon together. You know, they'd be pottering about in the garden or doing painting. And sometimes I'd bump into her outside and she'd be like, oh, we're just off, you know, to, to go and grab some coffee and cake. And, and it just seemed so enriching. This experience of having children. So... Not long after our wedding, which was an amazing wedding, we had this gorgeous wedding in Ravello in Italy. And not long after we got married, we thought the next thing in our life, the thing that we were missing was the enriching experience of having children. So next thing you knew it, we had two little girls. Under two. And oh my goodness... (laughs) All of a sudden, I couldn't remember this enriching, calming, joyful experience that my neighbour was having. I was just in absolute chaos and disarray. So I'd gone from this beautifully organised, styled house to just living in a complete tip. There were just pink plastic stuff all over the place, nappies, bottles, baby grows. The house was chaotic. My former life as a personal stylist where I was obviously always really well put together and I always had like really cool outfits and stuff had now gone to basically my personal style was essentially anything stretchy and black and usually was accompanied and accessorized by stains and day-to-day life could not be any further away from being about me. (laughs) As any fellow mums out there will completely understand, life was about the routine. (laughs) 
And I don't mean, you know, the routine. Have you ever seen that episode of Friends, Monica and Ross? The routine. I always think about that. But no, not that. The baby routine, the naps, the bottles, the schedule, the God forbid they miss the schedule or you're out of your routine and everything just goes to hell in a handbag. So here I was just in absolute chaos. Not only that, but I looked in the mirror and in addition to the beautiful black lycra with stains on it, I was also 40 pounds overweight. I was really quite big. I'm only five foot three. So carrying that extra weight really was not something I was carrying easily. I was suffering because of that. So because of my enormous weight gain, I got really, really bad varicose veins. My health was terrible. I couldn't really go up and down the stairs very easily. I was so out of breath. I felt unfit and unhealthy. And for someone who had run her whole life, I'd always run, I'd always gone to the gym. From the age of 16, it had always been a really massive part of my mental health. I'd gone from that and working out all throughout pregnancy to now I had not worked out for two years because I had two kids under two and I was just literally completely overwhelmed. And you could tell. My skin was grey my eyes were just completely flat and sunken. My hair was just a mess. It was an outgrown mess. I'd gone from having this really cute, like pixie do to just this outgrown, I don't even know what it was, this mop on my head. (laughs) I looked awful, but I felt a hundred times worse than I looked. I was not sleeping. I had insomnia. I was just drained from doing, 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 doing all day long. The chores, the kids, the house, the trying to keep on top of everything, still trying to remember people's birthdays, still trying to exist as a woman, helping out with the business. I was just a complete shell. I used to find myself often waking up in the middle of the night, just sitting bolt upright not being able to breathe. I felt crushing pressure every single day. Every morning, if I'd been asleep, I would wake up thinking, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to go through this today. Because as wonderful as motherhood is, and how amazing and genuinely enriching it is, it's also really hard and really intense. And I was feeling that And from having two babies in two years and having one quite traumatic birth that was very physically demanding as well, as I'm sure many of you will relate to, I never got a chance to recover from that. I never got a chance in hospital to recover from that. I never got a chance to recover from the major surgery that was the result. So physically, my body had never recovered from some pretty serious trauma. And mentally, I hadn't recovered from the toll that that had taken from me. And I look back now and can see I was in total adrenal burnout. My body had gone into absolute flight mode. And if you know anything about your nervous system and going into fight, flight and freeze mode, I was in full on adrenal mode so my adrenals were just going all the time my cortisol levels were just really high and I was waking up in the night 
with like literally my teeth clenched and my fists clenched. That's how I was asleep. I was unable to relax. A couple of years before we'd had children, Simon had started the business that we still now own and run together. And he was just hitting around the two or three year mark, which is a notoriously difficult time for any business. It's kind of that time when you're like, did I make the right decision doing this? It's really hard. I'm busy with clients, but I also don't have enough time to do everything to deliver everything I've promised to clients. And it's that really difficult time where you either need to decide to grow or maybe take on less work or admit that you've made a mistake. And he was kind of in that mode, running around like a headless chicken, working really, really hard, trying to do the sales, trying to deliver the jobs, trying to bring the money in because his wife wasn't working because I was at home all day with two babies. And he was really, really stressed. And I was really, really stressed. And I think just separately, we'd both gone into just this survival mode. He was just as sleep deprived as I was. He was obviously getting up in the night as much as I was with children who neither of them were particularly great sleepers. We were often woken up in the night. And even if I was woken up in the night, I guarantee I was having some sort of insomnia anyway and not getting good quality sleep. So almost at the same time, we'd gone into these individual survival modes. So you can tell our relationship was not in a great place at all. And we were just both very focused on just getting through our days. And those days looked very different. And we both probably were guilty of thinking that the other one had it easy. (laughs) compared to us. I guarantee you, I thought at the time, give me a day doing your job any day of the week. It's easier than my day. And I guarantee you, he thought the same. So we were both in this place. So as you can imagine, our relationship wasn't exactly amazing. And, you know, finances were a struggle. I wasn't working. So I was just at this point in the business where, yes, he was making sales, but he needed to deliver the work to get the money. We'd just been really massively screwed over by a client who just wouldn't pay us for the work that he delivered. Life day to day was stressful. To throw another curveball into the scenario, we had started to notice with our eldest child that she wasn't developing the way that she should well, actually, it was coming up to two that I noticed, really, that she just kind of stopped developing at one. She didn't seem to be making any progress. And by the age of two, I was getting a bit worried. And it sort of, she wasn't really waving or singing or engaging. She was very much in her own bubble all the time. She had no words, which isn't, you know, the end of the world at two by any stretch of the imagination. But she just stopped developing at one. But I used to spend most of the time just kind of following around to make sure she was safe. She really didn't react to me. She didn't react to her name. If you said her name, she wouldn't turn around. She wouldn't turn around if you walked into a room. She wouldn't engage with you. And it was just becoming a bit of a concern. And having seen a health visitor and asked for a visit, as time went on and the months went on, it started to become clear that there was something going on cut to a little bit further down the line and just before I think it was the age of three maybe maybe I don't know we we moved pretty quickly on things but we were at this child development center and we'd been asked to come in and bring her in 
for a few little evaluations and to see what was what because the health visitor had sort of admitted, yep, you know, she's not exactly where I thought she would be and she wasn't interested in any toys at all, nothing, but would play with really unusual things like, I don't know, pieces of carpet or she would just stare at her fingers for a really, really long time. She would look at books and stare obsessively at the words and turn them upside down and the health visitor did think that it was important that we went and you know, looked further into this. So we were at this child development centre and it was such a depressing place. We were sat down in this room and basically told that our daughter had autism and that she couldn't diagnose that she had autism there and then because she was a bit too young, but that she'd stake a career on it. And that was followed up by saying that we should never really expect that she might talk because it's quite likely that she wouldn't because at this stage in a development nothing seemed to really be coming that we had to prepare that she may never be independent she may never go to a mainstream school she may need special assistance and the blows just kept coming quite frankly we were then given a leaflet and (laughs) sent on our way And as you can imagine, at that point in time, my world came tumbling down. It was all coming from fear, fear that this was a lifelong condition, fear that there was no cure and fear over what that would mean for her, for her life, for our life as a family, for my life and for her sibling's life, for her sister's life. And your mind can take you to some pretty dark places if you let it. And I definitely allowed that news to consume and overwhelm me. And then one night, I was wandering around the kitchen, not sleeping, as usual. And I had been crying a lot, a lot. And the tears had just been streaming down my face and with everything that had just happened and the mental state I had already been in, my relationship was pretty broken at the time, didn't feel supported, as I'm sure Sai didn't feel supported by me. I felt incapable of supporting anyone. Felt like I was a bad mum, a bad wife. I felt like I had no friends. I just felt really lonely. And in that moment, something just came over me. And I stood up straight and looked in the mirror. And the person I saw looking back at me was just this shell. It wasn't me. It was my body, for sure. But it absolutely was not me. That was not the Nicola that I knew. That was not the Nicola that I liked at all. Quite the opposite. And as I stood there looking at this person who I did not recognise as myself, I got really, really mad with her. I got really, really mad with her for allowing herself to become a victim of all these life circumstances because that's what they were. Yeah, things were difficult and it was challenging sometimes day to day. But... I had allowed myself to become a victim to it. The problem was not 
my life. The problem was not my children or my husband or my house or the business or our finances. The problem was me. The problem was that I was expending all my energy worrying about the potential outcome of problems and challenges instead of focusing on what I could control and on what I could do. And the only thing that that led back to was me. The only thing I could control was me. How I responded to this situation, how I reacted. Because I had just become this shadow of my former self with no confidence, no energy about her, no nothing about her. I'd just lost myself. I realised how I had just simply become a human doing. I had forgotten how to just be myself, how to just be in the moment, how to be happy, because I'd just been focused on fixing things. I'd just been focused on controlling the day, sticking to the routine, trying to make sure nobody was crying, nobody was upset, nobody was hungry, nobody was sleep deprived, nobody was worrying or stressed. And spend too long in that zone, that zone of trying to control everything around you, all the external stuff, and you're just going to burn right out. And that's what had happened. And the result was I'd lost myself. And I'd lost all confidence. I was now ashamed. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want anyone, including my husband, including my children, to see me. Because I was ashamed. I was no longer the person... I once was, but I was also not this person. My life may not be the same as it once was, but this isn't the person I wanted to be within these new circumstances. Whilst I may have new challenges to deal with and things that I wasn't used to dealing when I didn't have children, I wanted to deal with it as a woman I was proud of. And that is where the Best Self Project began. It began from a place where I felt like I couldn't get any lower. A place where I was breathing, but I wasn't living. A place where I could see my reflection looking back at me, but I was completely disconnected from that person. And there was a little voice inside my head that said, get started. Just start. Start slow if you have to. Start privately. No one has to see. You don't have to tell anyone. Start with just one thing. But for God's sake, girl, just start. And that is where it began. The rest of that night I spent literally with a notepad and pen and I wrote absolutely everything that was in my mind and worrying me and that I was anxious about and fearful of, I wrote it all down. 
from how I was disgusted by the way I had let my health go to how I was concerned about my daughter not being able to talk to my other daughter's eczema to our finances to my relationship with my husband to the state of the house and the the environment we were living in and how messy it was and how I could never find anything before I left the house. I was always searching for my keys or my phone or a bottle. Just wasn't organised. And I got it all down. Everything. Every single thing. From massive things like how do we raise a child with autism? <laughs> to small things like how do I make sure I can hate my keys every day? To things that were going to be a project, like how can I lose 40 pounds and feel good about myself again? After writing it all down, I then decided that now was the time to commit and start taking action. And this is the thing with confidence. You have to start with just one thing. You have to focus Rather than multitasking everything and trying to do everything and fix everything all at once, you have to decide on the things that will become your foundations, that will become the things that will provide a rock-solid base for your life. And for me, there were quick wins and then things that I knew were going to take a longer time. So the things that I knew were going to take a long time were things around learning about autism and the therapies around that and speech and language therapy and how to put together this whole process and routine to ensure my child could communicate with the outside world and express her feelings. And I knew that was going to be a big one because I knew nothing. But I started to write down all my ideas and all my questions and that's a really good way to start What are your questions? Because out of that, you can start looking for answers. So I started to write down all my questions about what I wanted to know about autism. What did it mean? What did I need to know? And start to put to-do lists together for that. I then really wanted to focus in on my weight and my body because I just did not feel healthy. I did not feel vibrant or energetic. And I wanted to be that mum who was running around the park with her kids. I did not want to be the mum who couldn't run up the stairs for being out of breath. So that became a thing. And the last one was actually our environment. Because I don't know about you, but for me, if I'm in an environment that is messy, it is chaotic, if I can't find things and I'm trying to get out the house, it stresses me out. So I decided that I would find a way of organising and having a routine within the house to keep on top of it day to day and have like times when I might, you know, have a little quick tidy up. And I still do that to this day. I'd leave my keys in the same place every time, little things like that. And then I started. And I started with the small things. I started with owning my morning. So if You are a multitasking, busy woman like me. My greatest advice is that you get everything out your head and onto paper, find your focus of what you need to work on and then plan it in as the most important thing you do 
the first thing you do every day. So for me, that was trying to work out and I would get up and make sure that I did a little bit of exercise every single morning. And over time that grew to 10 minutes while the kids were having their nap. And then over time that grew to half an hour. Over time I was using weights and then I ended up becoming a personal trainer. From that, I also was really focused. I felt clarity. Over time, as things were progressing, and they progress quite quick. So when you make a decision that you're going to move forward with something and you're going to grow in confidence no matter what, you'll be surprised at how things move fast for you. So before long, just by getting focused and getting clarity, owning my morning by making sure I got the important things done first that meant that I could build on my foundations, I then started to feel like I wanted to reach out to people for more help. I reached out to a ladies boot camp and joined up with a ladies boot camp. I also reached out to a counsellor and started having counselling sessions to process some of the emotions and the grief that I was going through at the time, which was a funny type of grief because looking back now, I don't feel like I've lost anything. But at the time, I think I had an idea of what being a parent would be to neurotypical children and the reality was very different to that. So I think I was grieving what I thought being a mum would be and I went to a counsellor to go and work through that. I started reaching out to my husband again, started to talk to him more about how I felt, started to talk to him more about how we could support each other, what he needed what I needed and trying to work as a team again. And when you get to that stage, that's when things really start to shift because you feel supported. And that is absolutely essential for starting to work on your confidence. Belonging to a tribe, especially belonging to a community where other people relate to what you're going through or you can see even sometimes in that community, other people have big challenges, other things going on in their life and, you know, you feel for them and you start to come out of your own little world and realise that, hey, do you know what? Everyone's got problems. (laughs) Everyone's got challenges. Everyone's got hurdles that they're trying to overcome. Everybody. And then it stops feeling like just you on this sole mission to fix everything and starts actually feeling just like you're part of a tribe. You feel connected again. And that cannot be underestimated when it comes to really sparking that fire again, you know, really getting going towards confidence again. And finally, the whole concept behind the Best Self Project for me was always made up of three things, mind, body, and style. Because style is what I knew. Mind and body were always the things I was obsessed with from a young age when my dad had handed me a book called Mind Store by Jack Black. I had become obsessed with personal development. And even from the age of 16, 17, I wanted to be a personal trainer, but just kind of never taken that route. I am actually a qualified personal trainer now, funnily enough, but it's not what I do for a living. I help some people with it, but I wouldn't call myself a personal trainer. I'm just able to do that. But mind, body and style have always been my three things. 
And I find when I am in a good place in my mind, my body and my style, that other things kind of just flow because I'm in a state of confidence. I feel authentic. I feel like myself. I'm happy when I look in the mirror. And that's no matter what size or shape I am now because I feel healthy. I feel vibrant. Am I back to the exact same shape I was before I had children? No way. Can I fit in to any of the clothes that I had before children? Nope. Do I feel confident? Absolutely. And that has become a way of life for me. I know if one of those things is off, if I don't look after my body, if I don't work on my mind, if I don't keep reminding myself of the things I know, and if I don't make an effort with the way I look and present myself and put myself together, the confidence starts to go. But it all comes as a result of just doing little things every day. Improving your wardrobe slightly or to get a grip on what colours suit you can have a massive and profound effect on your confidence. Just turning up to the gym and doing what you can will have a massive impact on the rest of your day and how good you feel. Not just because of the endorphins, but because you showed up. Working on your mind, improving your mindset, doing the work, that will change your life forever. And all of these things together, if you're like me and if you're a person who wants to put right the things that you know are holding you back in your life because you want to be the ultimate role model for your children, you want them to look at you and you want to show up as mum or show up as a wife or a partner or a daughter or just in a community and inspire people instead of drain them, you know, and be the person who people look to and say, well, if she's having a go, I'm going to have a go as well. If you want to be that person, you've just got to start taking small steps every day. And that's what I did. And that is how the Best Self Project and that is how the Best Self Podcast was born. It came as a full circle moment from someone who had gone from feeling really confident about herself and having few cares in the world to hitting rock bottom and felt like she wasn't living anymore, didn't even recognise herself in the mirror, to a place where now I'm in a happy place. As I was stood delivering this talk, for this room full of wonderful women who were showing nothing but love and support, I realised I wasn't alone. My story wasn't unusual. I don't even think my reaction to my story was unusual. I actually think it's all quite ordinary, but maybe people don't talk about it that much. And that's why I'm here today. That's why I show up at the Best Self podcast to say the things that maybe other people don't want to say, don't want to admit to. And as I stood in that moment, it felt full circle to me because now I wasn't afraid to be seen anymore. I wasn't afraid to be heard. I wasn't afraid to show up in my life for me and for others whenever it was needed. Even if I didn't have all things figured out, even if I didn't have the perfect plan, even if I wasn't delivering it in a way that was 
seamless. I showed up and that's what mattered. And that had come, that confidence from simply showing up and doing what I could every day, starting small, the 10 jumping jacks on the spot, the picking a bright colour to wear and putting on some makeup instead of just wearing black every day, facing difficult truths, the working on being a bit more compassionate towards my husband and putting myself in his position and the pressures that he had on his shoulders starting to open up to other people in my life again and being part of a tribe and being part of a community and realising that actually I wasn't alone and actually my life was pretty good and I was going to capitalise on that. Confidence is yours to have. It's not something that just appears. You do have to work on it, but you absolutely can get there. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Best Self podcast today. I've been your host today, Nicola Fulstow. We're all in this together. Thanks very much for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Self podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, be sure to subscribe and you would also massively be helping a girl out if you would rate and review the podcast today. I would love to know what you thought. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Best Self Project and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.